it's good to have you back. Yes, so we you actually came in a perfect moment. We're starting the word Shema. That's not true. Yay. Yesterday was last week. We sort of started the word Shema, but like we're we're doing Shema, and it's a self-contained lesson, and it's good. Only thing is that I don't know if this is a one lesson or two lesson because the texts that I came up with this time are so long. And even though I edited them down, it's still, you see, this is like a five-page source sheet. So we'll see. We may break it into two parts. Hello, look who's back. just run up and take the cake out of the oven? Yes. Run and take your cake out of the oven. It's so like a home here. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I have, like, other classes that are actually in a home. But this is not in a home. It's still a home. So we're going to go back. You know what? Sarah, while She'll you do that, like I'm going to give her a recap from the last Shema. Okay. Yes, uh, okay? Just gonna I'm just going to look back at my notes from last week. I just have to find and we talked about Shema. Okay, so here's what we've been talking about in general. We talked about Amen, because Kel Melech Ne'eman, that you say before Shema, the, is an ac- the acronym is Amen. Mm-hmm. And the Gemara says, that's what it means. Kel Melech Ne'eman means Amen. Amen means Kel Melech Ne'eman, like in short. Okay, and we talked about how what that means is Kale, Hashem is the mightiest power, Melech, he's the king, Naaman, he is trustworthy. And that is a preparation in our mind. That's what the word Amen means. Hashem is all powerful and trustworthy. So when we make a bracha and we say Amen, we mean that's really true. Why? Because God is trust. You could. He's truthful, like you could count on him. That's how you know what's really, really true is that you could count on it. So just like Hashem, when he created the world, or or whatever God said, that's what is. The purest definition of reality, the truest definition of reality is whatever God said. So when we were leaving Mitzrayim, Hashem says to Moshe, the Avos did not know me by my name, Yud and Hey and Vav and Hey. Strange sounding statement. But you're going to see that Ani Hashem. And there's a whole passage there, the end of Parshas Shmos and into the first passage of Parshas Vaera, where the whole, me- it's like the whole message of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the four cups, right? I'll take you out, I'll redeem you, I'll bring you to me. All of that really culminates around the idea that all of this will happen so that the Jewish people will know that I am God. Ani Hashem, Yodin Hei and Vavin Hei. And Rashi says, whenever the Torah says Yodin Hei and Vavin Hei, it's referring to Hashem's Ne'emanos. The fact that you can 100% trust Him. You can trust Him. And we looked at Rav Hirsch, which we've seen before, about how he talks about the definition of Emunah, which is not blind faith. It's the fact that even though you don't see now how what he said could possibly be the case, based on the past, that he has been there for you, based on that, you know that you can trust him. Trust is built on experience. Mm-hmm. Somebody has proven themselves to be trustworthy. Therefore, the Avos did not know Hashem as Yud and He and Vav and He, not because they didn't know the name, like they did. There's evidence that they did. What they didn't, they didn't know, they didn't experience Hashem as one who says and fulfills what he says because he made the promises to the Avos, but they didn't live to see them fulfilled. So he told Avraham, I'm going to give you this land. It's going to be all for you. And then he just wants to bury his wife and he has to go through a whole negotiation to buy the land. And Yitzchak has to like dig wells and other people come and fill them in and take them away. And, right? and Hashem says they never once 
questioned the promise. But they didn't need to. They didn't need to. Because for them, Hashem right said there. it, it was true. Right, right. No, but they, I mean, they didn't see it fulfilled. They heard. Oh, I see what you're saying. Hashem says, I'm giving you the land. And meantime, other people say, well, I don't know if I want to sell it to you. I don't know if I want to give you a piece. I don't know if I want to let you live here. I don't know. Water? I don't know. It's my water. Like, they must have shown true bitapum. They were just like. Yeah, it's, it's like just, above and beyond. I just know it's going to happen. So it's just I you want to do it now exactly. or do you want to later? Exactly. That was the level of their bitachon, which was since Hashem spoke the words, that is the reality. And what's going on around me, I guess, is temporarily masking that reality. But it's going, to, that is the reality. That's why Yomar Kimihi or Yihi or. Right, so and we when we cover our eyes, right, we help screen out that which might mislead us and focus on what's true, which is Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. It's only Him. He was, He is, He always will be. He is Neeman. So the saying Kel Neeman prepares us to say Shema because it prepares us to tune in to that reality of past, present, and future. Also, and we saw very nice, like different, different things that fit that go to that. Okay. Now I'm going to start this week's lesson, even though Sarah's not back down. But that's okay, because she'll catch up on the next passage. Okay, Shema Yisrael. Shema, um, this, is, this is kind of where we ended last time, a statement from Abu Darham, that Shema, listening, has three ideas that tow one another along. They drag each other along. The first is Shema, hear, that sound going into your ears, <laughs> into the ear canal, okay? Sound went in, you use the sense of hearing, that's listen, that's shema. The second is <coughs> havana, understanding. So you can't have the understanding without the hearing, but once you've heard, there's another level of it, and we would still use the word shema to describe that level, which is understanding what you've heard. Like, do you hear me? Right, mm-hmm. okay? That's, you, do you understand me? The third level of hearing that sort of toes along after those two is Kabbalah, accepting. Like when Hashem says, you must listen to my voice. It means you should accept what I say and embrace it. So these are the three levels. And those three are all intended in the verse, Shema Yisrael Hashem Okenu Hashem Echad. It is a mitzvah for every Jewish person to hear the words, to let them soak in to understand them and to be mekabal them and embrace them. And that's the essential avoda of Shema. Okay, to explain the word Shema, Rav Schwab says in Mayan Beis HaShoeva, we have to understand that we daven every day, Avinu Av Harachaman, Hashem, the merciful Father, this is in the bracha before Shema, Tem Belibenu Lahavinu Lahaskil Lishmoa Lilmod Ulalame Lishmor Velasos. We talked about this also another week. Please place in our hearts to understand, to be enlightened, to hear, to learn, to teach, to do, to fulfill the mitzvahs of the Torah. Shekoshe, maze inyan hashmia. It's difficult. What does it have to all do with the hearing? Im kibshuto lama Because shamoa, why would we say Hashem, let me understand and be enlightened and hear? The hearing should be the first thing on the list. First I hear it. And I'll understand it. Then I'll be enlightened by it. That's like what the Abu Darham said, right? <clears throat> it seems to be out of order. So he says, perhaps we can understand this according to the Pasuk in Vayishlach. When Yisrael was dwelling in the land, Vayelech Ruvain, Ruvain went, Vayishkav es bil hapilegesh aviv Vayishma Yisrael. Ruvain went and he 
he changed the beds of Bilha, the Pilegesh of his father Yaakov, Vayishma Yisrael, and Yisrael heard. What it means is he heard it and it penetrated him in a way that he could never forget. He heard something that like, Vayishma Yisrael, he heard that. Right? It means like, not just that, oh, he happened to hear a rumor. Right? You understand just by hearing that he heard that this is something that went, went very deeply inside of him. In fact, we see that years later, before he dies, he gives tochacha to Ruvain for this. It's not on the source sheet yet. Yeah? Because you raised up, you picked up and started moving around the bed of your father. That's the truest kind of hearing. It's hearing that isn't temporary. Right? Yaakov... This, this sat inside of him for years before he said anything about it. It's something you can't forget. It can't be forgotten out of the heart. This is what we're davening for. Please put it in our hearts, Lishmoa, to hear it so deeply that it doesn't ever shake out. That's why it's farther along in the words of asking Hashem to help us, that the words of Torah should come into our hearts and make an impression that is indelible. And when we say Shema Yisrael, listen Yisrael, we're speaking to ourselves and we're saying it should be a Shmiya Kavua built in Yishkachas, a permanent hearing, a never forgot, something that like sears its way into your mind. Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Okay, so now I want to share with you something that is so intriguingly beautiful and I read it again and I was like this is going to be our share today I, I taught this a few years ago and I was like but I still don't get it I still don't understand the point point." and this is why I don't know if we'll fit it in today all or not and I stayed up way too many hours <laughs> working on this like just thinking through so wait I mean that like and just taking notes like trying to figure out so but what is this telling us and then Hashem sent this kuzari that pulled it all together, and all of a sudden I'm like, I think that's what it means. So I want to walk through with you. I haven't run this past anybody. Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with learning these different pieces together. They're all for sure Torah, but I think that one explains the other, and that's just me guessing it. And you'll see if you agree with me. All right. This is this Abu Darham. This is the source number one. Okay. which actually, hang on, starts in the fourth paragraph. I brought more of it, but let's start at the fourth paragraph. Kosov harav Eliezer Megir Maisa. That's the Rokech. He wrote, Sorry, Why was it given to the Jewish people? Why were they given it? It's a gift, right? To and I have trouble with this Liyached Shmo, which I guess technically means to unify yeah, his name, yeah. but even when you translate it, you're you're left at least as lost as you were before yeah. you translated it, because Liyached means to put things together and make them one, actually one, right? Echad Yached is like the word mm-hmm. Echad. Okay, it's not just to be together; it's to be one. So to make his name one. Okay, so Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. There's somewhere there, that's the concept, but it's a very lofty concept, difficult to quite. So we'll just stick with it in Hebrew. Why is that, why are they doing that in terms of Shmiah, hearing? 
Shema Yisrael. Sheomer Shema Yisrael, velonitam bilashon haskes, or bilashon havana. Why not give this gift, <laughs> this opportunity, in terms of haskes? Like, see deeply, understand, be illuminated, get it. Shekach perusho shel Shema. Which is, we, we're saying that's what Shema means. Hearing it means understanding it. Why not just say, understand it? Havinu, o haskilu, shehashem ogenu, hashem echad. Mashalo. So then the Rokeach gives a mashal. Mashalo mahadavar dome. What is this comparable to? And this mashal is like, you could tell it's really nice, but it's very hard to make sense of it. And the longer you think about it, the weirder it gets. Lamelech shezimein kol avadav l'seuda. A king who invited all of his loyal workers to a meal. Vehoshivam besikdaros, and he sat them in chairs. It means like really nice chairs. Shalzahav, golden. So they were really nice. He put them in golden chairs. And he puts in front of them golden tables. And he gets the most exquisite and elaborate and rare and elegant foods and lays it out on the tables for them. And then he makes his table, which is a little table because it's just for one person, but it's the same gold, same pattern, right? It matches, just like he did for the servants. And the food, he puts the same food because like he, he's giving them the royal treatment. So maybe it's not that his is the same as theirs. It's more like theirs is the same as his, right? He sits on a golden throne at a golden table with the most fancy of foods. And so he gave them the same thing because he really wanted to do this for them. The halala, um, okay, Amar HaMelech. So then the king said, There's one problem here. How will anyone know I'm the king? Okay, so even there, you're just like, wait, why? Okay. So he said to one of his servants, Just pop over to the storehouse and bring me these two goblets full of pearls that I keep stored in the treasury. Bring, use them as centerpieces on my table. And if anyone comes in, there'll be some, they'll see like that's, I'm the king. So the servant went to bring the two goblets. When he took the first cup out of the teva, out of the box, the cover of the box slammed shut and it broke the goblet. Now he is freaked out. Amar HaMelech, the king said, Lama HaEved Ma'akev, where'd he go? <laughs> he he's not back. Amrulo, so they said to him, Adoninu HaMelech, Mishbar Kosechot Shibiyadav. Our master, the king, he broke the first cup. Amar Laham, so the king said to them, Yavo Yavi. Yavo because Hashalim. So let him come with the cup that's still intact. Veshtamishbo, and I'll use that. Veyakiruni shani malach. Still be able to tell that I'm the king because it's an unusual goblet. 
Vehamelech ze Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The King, of course, is the Holy One. Blessed be He. Yes, but it is nonetheless. The longer you think about it, a very puzzling story. The Melech is Hashem. Vehaavodim elu Yisrael. The servants of the Jewish people. Says Zimnam liseuda behar Sinai, whom God invited to a feast at Har Sinai. Isn't that a fascinating way to think about Har Sinai? Mm-hmm. Hashem said, I want, to, I want to treat you to some kind of pleasure like that's, that will bring you up to my level in some kind of way. Obviously, never to Hashem's level, but in so, at some level, to some degree. On the day of the giving of the Torah. And he placed his Shechina upon them. Vehem Amru, and they said, Nasevanishma, will do and will hear. Chatubaegel, and then they sinned with the golden calf. And what did they say? Kum ase lanu Elohim, come let us make for ourselves a God. Okay, so they said, We will do and we will hear. And then they used the word, We will do, and said, We'll do a calf. They broke the zechus of the nasa. So the nasa and the nishma are the goblets, apparently. Mm. Yeah. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hashem said, Bimashinishar biyadam, look, take what, what they still have left holding in their hands. Vehu zechus shal nishma. This is the merit of nishma. Bo yiyu meyachadim eshemi, and with it they shall be meyached my name, bechol yom, every day. And the merit will stand to them for all generations. But that's not an encouragement according to Rabbi Goldberg's curriculum this year. I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Hashem didn't say, okay, you know, you blew it, get out of well, here. He did, but yeah. <laughs> not but in this part of the story. They edited that out. He did a little bit, right? And then Moshe pleaded, whatever. Okay, so, okay, so I'm sitting here and I'm reading this again, and it's not the first time. And the last time we did it, we went in a whole different direction with it. I'm sitting here and I'm going, I, 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 what is he saying? Now, okay, now, it could happen that you read in a safer and you're like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And maybe I have a lot of respect for the author of the safer, and therefore I say, well, I must have missed the point, right? Like, I'll be, I'll be kind <laughs> and assume he meant something because, like, I'm so smart and I don't understand it. Okay. But over here, first of all, they're trustworthy. Abu Darham has earned my trust. But not only that, he's citing the Rokeach. So the Rokeach is telling something very important. And the Abu Darham understood it and thought it was so important that he would pass it on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that. So I felt like much more compelled to try and get the point. Right. Abu Daham tends to speak pretty clearly. Mm-hmm. So I, um, and this he thought would be helpful. So he cited from someone else something helpful, and I'm walking away going, uh, uh-huh. like I guess I could take away from it that the Shema of Shema Yisrael is the Nishma of Matan Torah. That's awesome. That is really, really amazing. And I'm glad I know it. Because that gives me a whole new way, level of thinking about it. And Shema is on the, as that level of Matan Torah. We're talking about it. So that's really awesome. But I'm not sure I understood the whole, like, Mashal Nimshal part. Okay. I'm sure I didn't understand. 
So I start thinking. So I start taking notes. I'm like, okay. So he said, the king is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the servants are the Jewish people. He didn't say it, but so then I start taking the notes, just like trying to align my thoughts. So the treasured cup, the purpose of the treasured cup, which is the Nasev Nishma, is what? It's something that demonstrates that Hashem is the king, not to be confused with anyone else. So that's already like an interesting step. There's another thing about it which I kind of came to a little later. It's interesting that okay. there's no crown. Yeah, no crowns involved over here. I just <laughs> it's kind of interesting, like, yeah. Thought... That is fascinating. That is fascinating. Um, I mean, that would be a but I really think quite... I think we're going to see why okay. this would fit more than a crown, in this case at least, for this purpose of the mashal. Because if it had been a crown, we would have understood it better. Right. <laughs> the cups. Cups are containers. They're vessels. So is it the cup that demonstrates he's the king or those pearls inside? The cups are, are holding his treasure. Now, it could be they were very valuable cups. You sort of assume that they were in some way, like very, very, you know. But, but the cups are actually a container. And within the container is held, I, I think... What the mushal is, is that the container is brought by the servant and what it contains inside is something luminous and beautiful. It carries the message that Hashem is the king. I mean, those pearls indicate that he's the king through this beautiful, but they have to be held in something. If you want to put a thousand pearls in, and bring them from one place to another and put them on the table, what you need is a container or a vessel to transfer them. And that the servant was sent to carry and transfer that vessel. And when I got to that point in the thinking, the whole muscle started to open up a little bit more. Okay. Okay? Because the the servants are the Jewish people. So Hashem says... You Jewish people, you're the servant. It's the servants themselves who are bringing the cup. Mm-hmm. Right? So the servants are now the carriers, the bearers of this luminous beauty that, that announces that God is king. And you have to think that part of that is the pearls. And part of that is the fact that the servant is bringing it. Right. Because they're servants. It doesn't say he made a party for his friends and family. The mashal could have been friends and family, and we would have thought it meant the same thing at the beginning. What's the difference? But it's his servants. So the fact that they bring them, right, is kind of part of the significance. Now they're the bearers or the carriers of this announcement, this message. Okay. So now let's like... We're the ones who are bearing it and carrying it. We're also the ones who broke it. There's a nasa and an ishra. Okay. So now I want to like put that, and now let's go on with some other sources. Because this, this, I'm like really taking you with me with like what I was doing last night. Like I was sitting there saying, I gotta like, I can't just stop here. I, we gotta do a little more. Okay. So this is an orachayim that actually we will get to in Ve'al Havta, but I, I excerpted a section of it. It's, oh, sorry. First, I'm sorry, you're right. I have to do first number base. 
Okay, Vihine Hashem Alav. This was last week's parsha. Hashem uh, Yaakov had a dream, and he in his dream he had a vision of God over him. By Yomar Hashem saying, Ani Hashem Avraham Avicha. I am Hashem, the Lord of Avraham, your father, Ve'elokei Yitzchak, and the Lord of Yitzchak. The land upon which you are sleeping, I will give to you and your children. And Rashi says, wait a second. The God of Yitzchak? Uh, I'm going to read one phrase and then come back and read the whole thing. Okay. We never find in Torah that Hashem calls himself the father of somebody who's alive, uh, the God of someone who's alive. Oh, yeah. He doesn't do that. Okay, we do not find anywhere in the Torah. Now you start going ding, 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 right? Like, wait a minute, yichad, yichad. Remember, we're talking about yichud shmo. Okay, we don't find anywhere she yichad hakadosh baruch hu shmo al hatzadikim bechayehem. He doesn't attach his name to the name of a tzaddik. It's more than attaching. Elokei Yitzchak. That whole two-word phrase means God. Right. Okay? The God of Isaac. That God of Isaac doesn't mean God, Isaac. No. He is identifying himself. Hashem Yisbarach is identifying himself as God of Isaac. In his lifetime. He doesn't do that. Ever. We never see it. Lichtov elokei ploni? No. Mishum shenemar yamin. Now, it's very interesting because the Tanhuma, I looked it up, doesn't actually bring that verse. But okay, this is what Rashi chose to say. Hashem does not trust, so to speak, in his holy ones. That doesn't mean he doesn't trust them. That's the purpose of our lives during this world is not to trust on ourselves. It's to test ourselves. Right? God doesn't send us here to rely on us to always do the right thing. We could totally, you know, when we define emuna, <laughs> that's something that's rock solid. Okay, that's not us in this world. That's just not. That's not what we're here for. We're here to grow and change and develop and pass tests. Okay, growth, change, develop, pass tests is fantastic, but it's not rock solid. It's the opposite of rock solid. It's changeable. So, Khan, but over here, Yichet Shmuel Yitzchak, he does in fact uh, synonymize his own name with the name of Yitzchak. He's defining his own name with that of Yitzchak. Because his eyes were dimmed, he was imprisoned in his own home. He was handicapped and blind and old. It's as if he were dead. Therefore, the Yitzchak left him. So I'm just, that's not actually our topic for today. I'll just say that I just heard Rav Leichter read that Rashi in a, in a recorded shir, and he defined it as um, because he was blind, which meant he was not getting a lot of input from outside, and he was in the home, so he wasn't going outside and getting input from outside. Therefore, there was the Yetzirah was gone from him. Mm-hmm. There's so much of our Yetzirah is expressed in the social pressure we have to deal with. How does somebody think about me? Okay. And, and so on, and, and influences in all kinds of ways, including our own inner identity. With all of that screened out because he's in his house and blind, that's the reason he's like he's dead. Okay, it's not saying he's worthless. Yeah, saying is that like, challenge is not happening there. Like yeah, so this, but that's his explanation of it, which is fascinating. Wow. Okay, so the Orachayim, now we're going to move on to the Orachayim. Orachayim says, Ve'ohavta, 
when the, when the Pasuk, when we get soon, right? And you shall love Hashem. Amar Betosav is Vav. Starts with a Vav. You don't normally like start an idea with a Vav. And. Lomar, what's and? Uh, and what? Milvad mitzvah Shema Yisrael, in addition to the mitzvah of Shema Yisrael, Shehu Kabbalah Salmach HaShemayim, which is accepting the yoke of heaven, he mitzvahs Avash Hashem. There's also a mitzvah to love Hashem. Od Yirtzeh, but furthermore, okay, so it's attaching the Ohavta to Shema. Od Yirtzeh Lahair, but it also wants to, to wake you up to an idea, Lahakodem. It's saying, I want to connect you to something that came before this, Laahava came before the love and you'll love Hashem meaning first something else and then you'll love Hashem Chazal have taught us and he quotes a Zohar nobody can achieve the level of Avas Hashem until he first achieves the level of Yiras Shanaim and this is as it says and you will love Meaning, and it's got to be in addition to something first. That's the Yerushalayim. Okay, Movad Geder Hayira. In addition to the level of Yira, the Omro Es Hashem. You will love Es Hashem. Es Hashem technically means with God. Doesn't also Et mean also from Aleph to Tav in its entirety? <coughs> yes, but there's a particular point he's making here. Perush, what does that mean? What do you mean? You will love with God? He's saying this Pasuk tells you a few things. It tells you you're going to love Hashem. That's going to be in addition first to Yira. So you start with working on your Yira Shemayim, then you can get to love of Hashem. But it actually tells you where you can go from there as well. Al Yidei Ha'ahava, through the love, Adam Misdavik Hashem. You can get to clinging, sticking to Hashem. Whoa. Okay. So by the way, in my in my very humble and hopefully not wrong in this case opinion, Yerushalayim corresponds to the avoda that we did in Pesukei Tzimra. Avas Hashem corresponds to the avoda of Kriyashma, and Dvekas Hashem corresponds to the avoda of Atzilos of Shmonaser. This is a process, and that's why you got to go in order. Okay. Right? That's the ladder. You, got, you can't go to the fourth rung without first getting to one, two, and three. Od Yirtzeh. Furthermore, Sha'al Yedei Avas Hashem, Yosig Madrega Zo, Sh'yiyeh Hashem Meyached Shemo Alav Beyichud. Furthermore, the Torah means to tell us with this Ve'ohavto Es Hashem, you will love Es Hashem, like with God, that through love of Hashem, a person can reach a madrega where Hashem is meyached his name to his. Right? That's like Yitzchak. That's very interesting because I thought in Shema we were trying to be meyached Hashem's name. It seems to be very reciprocal. Es Hashem. Kederech mm-hmm. Omro, as we, as we learn, Eloke Abraham, Eloke Yitzchak. That's what I just read. Uferush. The meaning is, each one, it was worthy for his own sake, that Hashem should unify his name with them, with their name. 
Zera Avraham, Avraham Ohavai, Uchmochen Rimes Hakosov Kan Shekol. Okay, so with Hash, Avraham is also called Avraham, my beloved. Hashem calls him that. Okay, the pasuk here also hints to a similar idea. Shekol Sheahuv Hashem, Yikra Hashem Elakusa BeYichud. Whoever is beloved to God, if God says, I love him, then the next step is Yichud of the shame, that their names become Miyachid. V'tevas Hashem nimshechas lafanehu lachara. Okay. Od yertzeh le'orer, lev ish Yisrael, le'avas Hashem. Furthermore, this verse comes to arouse love of God in the hearts of every Jewish person. As Chazal have taught in the Pasuk, Yoshev Tehilos Yisrael. There is a very mysterious pasuk, God who sits or rides upon the praise of Israel. Um, it's poetic. Hashem doesn't want anybody's praise. He wants the praise of the Jewish people. What he sits on, his throne, is our praise of him. Are you starting to see there's something that's reminiscent of that mashal, right? That, there wasn't so much the throne, it was that. There's something we bring here to the malchus. We've talked about this in a different direction with Rosh Hashanah, right? Hashem could dominate the world and does dominate the world, whether we like it or not. But it's us as free-willed beings who say, Hashem, long live the king. That we do. Right? That's the difference the cross says between a melech and a Moshe. It's our praise that he rests his throne upon, so to speak. Hashem chose to be your God. He, he doesn't have to be. He wants to be. Elokecha, ve'avtas Hashem, Elokecha, your God. There's a little hint there of him attaching the name, right? Like Eloke Avraham, Eloke Yitzchak. When you say Shema, it's Elokecha. You're Elokim. Uveha'ir Adam Libo, Lepratim Ka'elu. When a person allows his heart to wake up to these kinds of details and ideas, it's like your soul just like jumps out of you and you move to a whole new level. You're not where you were. You, you could reach by, by contemplating this idea in the context of Shema. You come to a level of awareness and elevation of love and being loved by the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And that this is a wondrous experience. Which, even just hearing that is a wondrous thing. Even if we haven't quite been able to, to taste it ourselves. Okay. But it's another step in this love and bonding. Okay. Now the Kuzari. I, I just want to ask, because like technically we stopped now, but we also started late. So you have to tell me your timing. Like, um, I think someone needs Jesus. It's okay. We can use the room. We're fine. They'll oh, find okay. a spot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I went out. I... Yeah, this one. It could be, but like this one actually trumps that one, so it's okay. okay. Uh, not that that isn't important. <laughs> I could sit at my desk up there for now. Okay. 
So I excerpted from the Kuzari, and it's still very long. Klolo shel davar. Here's the principle of the thing. There are three prin- fundamental principles of serving God according to Torah. <laughs> okay, so now we've got the simcha going with the love. You can see why. Okay. You can draw near to God with any of these. So you should know that whether you're fasting and subduing yourself and, you know, kind of bowing before Hashem, you don't get closer to him than you do enjoying a Shabbos meal or yantif. He's saying these are all three equal pronged and important ways of serving Hashem. Don't think that asceticism is holier than dancing with the Torah and Simchas Torah. It's all of Vodas Hashem. Okay? You have to know which is the right thing and which is the right time. Now moving, I'm just going to jump to the bold. Uke'ilu basa leveso that even through the happy, joyous mitzvahs, not only even, especially when you can do any mitzvah with joy and happiness to the point that you're singing and dancing from the mitzvah and it doesn't have to be the fun one it could be the fasting whatever then through this you will cling to godliness that's why Hashem created a lot of different mitzvahs and they're zecher li'itzias mitzrayim and zecher lamasibereshis because these two are attached to one another and both of them demonstrate Hashem's will alone, that it's not natural, it's not accidental. With all of these mitzvahs, when we do them, then our action, the language of our deeds, kind of like body language, but more so, our actions speak. And the actions of the person speak, Adam hamamin ki kilo when you keep Shabbos, your actions testify that you believe that God created the universe. They acknowledge the world was created by a creator and that he cares about the world. And when you do mitzvahs that are zecher li'etzies mitzrayim, then your actions testify to what's going on inside your head. That is why Hashem is called Elokei Avraham. He's also called Elokei Haaretz, God of the earth. Why? Because the earth is also similar to the heavens, meaning wherever his glory is revealed, now it takes on his name. Hang on. So if God's glory is revealed on earth, we could talk about Hashem as Elokei Haaretz. God as revealed by the earth. And he could be called Elokei Avraham. God is revealed through the existence of Avraham. As much as God is revealed in heaven, He can also be revealed on earth, just like in heaven. How? By people. People who make themselves worthy to receive God's light that he pours upon us. God pours light into the world. He pours love and creation into the world and bracha and the more people are able to accept it, then the more that light becomes, comes into the world. 
You could have a little cup. Oh, we're back to the cup. Okay, you could be the cup. How big is your cup? How much are you receiving? How, not because how much are you being given. You're being given way more than you can receive. Everything is being given. How much can you receive of God's light? And the more you receive, the more you have now allowed down here for those pearls to be seen. God's abundance to us is called Ava. And we need to trust in that love. And we need to acknowledge that love and speak about it. And when we do, and we direct ourselves to the bracha that Hashem is giving us, then we are saying, I didn't create myself. Hashem creates me. Hashem provides for me. And now I myself become that vessel. Just like for us as a Jewish people, Hashem gave us bracha, took us out of Egypt. And that, in doing so, us as a people, we became the vessel of declaring his name. That he is the master of the universe. He controls everything. He can do the makos. He can turn over, he can turn over nature, right? Whatever he wants, he has control over. But we were the vessel of it. And on an individual level, that can be true too. That's Eloke Avraham. Okay. So the Kuzari, the king of Kuzar, responds. I think it's kind of, aren't you using poetic license, he objects, to say, it's like a Melitza, right? It's just like a, you're just saying that. Ki habori mispar that God could be glorified through a person. He says, that, that sounds nice, but you can't possibly mean that. Amar HaChaver, and the Rav answers him, hang on, what if we were saying it about the sun? Would you be good with that? That the existence of the sun is glorifying to God? And the Kuzari, the King Kuzari says, absolutely, definitely because of what the sun is able to accomplish. Because once we admit that the sun didn't, it didn't uh, create itself, and there is a God who created it, then the fact that the sun is able to provide so much power, and it regulates night and day, and it regulates the seasons and the growing seasons, and it provides all the energy for everything to grow and develop, the plant life and the animal life. And the light also allows us to be able to see and see colors. And, he says, so So definitely the fact that there is the creation of this thing called the sun is a glory to its creator from the perspective of people when we, when we see that. So the Chavar says, the Rav says, and isn't, or ain haruach, isn't the, the light of the intellect of a person even more astonishing and a greater praise than even the sun, the fact that there are people who can think, you know, like I have a new baby after a lot of years and it's like, from day one, she's watching and learning and learning and you're just like, I don't know, did I appreciate when I was younger? Like a human mind, that is an unbelievable thing. And everyone in the world was missing something until the Jewish people came. I mean, people's minds, isn't that important too? He's not just mean Jewish minds. Everybody's minds, isn't that an 
unbelievable thing. And those minds only got illuminated and developed and really full once the Jewish people came along as these vessels of God's name and testimony, right? He says, and then he gives, and I skipped out a lot of this. He talks about different kinds of avodazar and people believing in this and people believed in that and the mazalos and the sun, okay. And even the philosophers. So they took a step forward and it was an improvement. And they said, okay, well, there must have been a creator, but probably he's not interested in the world. And this is how things went on. I'm now in the bold part of this like large paragraph. This is how things went on for thousands of years until a nation came and purified itself and made itself worthy that God's light should rest upon it in an increased way. And, and through them would be demonstrated his wonders and his miracles and the fact that he can change and mold nature to his will. And through them directly, people could see that there is a God who is a judge and he is a controller and he is a guardian who knows what is important and he knows what is not important and he pays reward and punishment. He pays attention to people's actions. Through this, this nation was able to educate the hearts of everybody around the world. And you see this all in the Jewish people and the good that they have done. So the Kuzari says, okay, I, I see there's something to what you're saying. This is, I have to think about that. That's pretty glorious. And that's what it means then when it says, make a name for God in the world. Make a name. It's that when they look at you, they'll name God. And that's true as individuals as well. That's why David HaMelech starts by saying the glory of the sun. Think about that. That was like the Pesuke de Zimra, right? And then moves on to talk about Torah, which is an even greater illumination. But if not for the Jewish people, that glory of Torah would not have a vessel to rest in. It was given to us. Okay, We are the servants carrying the goblet. And this brings it out. It's not just a beautiful comparison or poetic license, and it's not through the praise that we give God and the glory, His glory that we carry and shine into the world doesn't come through our crying, and it doesn't come through asceticism, and it doesn't come through tearing our skin, and fasting, and making weird faces with, oh, and raising our hands. I'm, I'm not, he actually says like making weird eyes, and like, you know, rolling your eyes up into your head so you only see the whites. He says, no, you know how you can tell by looking at the Jews that there's a God shining light into the world? Through our actions. It's through our actions. Because when we do these difficult mitzvos or the easy mitzvos that are, whatever they are, they're not human. No person thought this stuff up. Then we demonstrate that there's a God who did. Our actions are the proof greater than anything else of Hashem in this world. Our, our mitzvos, our kiyum of Torah shines it out, which is why we keep coming back to the kiyum, right? And when you do it with joy, you can imagine how beautiful this becomes. And this is what we find in the Torah. Many things that can be very difficult, but if you think about it hard, you realize that this is, this is the demonstration of godliness in the world, and this is what we bring. Okay, so I, I feel, and you can see if you agree with me, that by putting these pieces together, 
it helps understand that original mashal, which was so bizarre at first, okay? That people whose actions themselves, not just philosophy, testify to Hashem's dominion, that reality of the action shows the reality of the truth. Rav Hirsch, by the way, talks about this as proof of Maimed Har Sinai. Not just that millions of people witnessed it and told their kids. You know, right, we say people don't lie to their children. His understanding of Kuzari is the, the way they told the truth is not through the words, it's through the actions. The actions, that their lives were bound by this, even when it was difficult. That's the proof to the children that it's the truth. Okay, so the nase and the nishma are critical. The nase, the doing, is what's broken. That could be catastrophic. No wonder the servant was afraid to come back. Right, because in that moment between Nasev and Ishma and the Egel, we were godly. It's just like there was no death, there was no, everything was perfected, and then we broke the Nasev. Okay, and Hashem says, "Okay, come with the Nishma." It's the second Luchos. Come with the Nishma. We'll save the Nasev. We treasure it. It's valuable. But your actions in life no longer can be the whole. That's why Yitzchak is such an exception. God no longer attaches his name, not no longer, he doesn't attach his name to people while they're alive just because that could be a desecration of his name when they fail. There's a certain amount of failure that goes on in life. After the person's dead, the fact that they failed some of the time during their life does not stop Hashem from being miyachet shmo'alach, okay? But during life, it's like you don't, it could be a little bit, you know, not so nice for us. That doesn't happen. So that goes by the egg. Yeah. So the nasa is damaged. Aesthetically, perhaps, more than functionally, but nonetheless, right? It, it, there's a blemish there. I'm not going to put it on the table. The Cheta Egel nullified the entire meaning of Nasa and Nishma. And yet Hashem said, okay, come, bring the Nishma. Let's work with that. We'll work with the Nishma. I'll hear it. I'll soak it up. And then, remember how Ve'ohavta goes? you move it into words and then you move it into action. That's the way we all have to read, right? It's talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, get it into your heart over and over and over and over, habituate it, talk about it to your kids, and then you tie it onto your skin, tie it onto your arm, tie it onto your head, put it onto your doorpost, turns into action. This is, we're, we're gonna work with the nishma and we'll accomplish it, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. Nice to see you, Michelle. How are you?